Hey friends, are you craving connection on a deeper level with high caliber women? Well, I've got the perfect evening for you. If you live in the Twin Cities area of Minneapolis, St. Paul, or want to visit, I invite you to join me for an intimate evening of rich conversation, fabulous food, and new connections. Just send me an email at hello at barbarachurchill.com with the subject line, invite me to dinner, and I'll make sure to put you on the list to get all the information. This is happening early 2024, and you'll definitely want to be there. You are listening to episode 91 of Your Next Phase podcast, the one where we get honest and real about feeling lonely and what to do about it. Welcome to the Your Next Phase podcast, a place for creating the self-confidence you need to be your best self as a leader at work and in life. If you want to bring more authenticity, more boldness, more clarity, and more fun to your world, this is the place for you. I'm your host, Barbara Churchill. Here we go. Hello, my friends. It's February. Can you believe it? This year feels like it's already flying by to me. And February is known as the month of love because of Valentine's Day. So I decided all month I'm going to be talking about love and loneliness and how to take great care of yourself, especially if you've experienced a significant loss or you're in your next phase of life, approaching that or going through it or in the middle or you know all of the above, right? Because making big changes can feel lonely for sure, especially when others don't agree with your choices. I'm watching some of my clients go through this and some of my friends for that matter you know, losing their parent or a dear friend or, you know, long relationships that no longer work and making the decision to end those. You know, I've experienced that in my own life in the last year for sure. And it's a process and one that can have very low lows, if we're being honest. And even when you know you've made the right decision for yourself, you can't escape the loneliness that accompanies it. So, Let's be honest about what we're feeling, okay? I I just, I can't stand all the social media perfection BS that people get sucked into. And I've been guilty of that in the past. I will tell you, I'm at an age where I just don't give a flying F. Do you know what I'm saying? I just, ugh, stop, stop with the perfection. It doesn't exist. And let's just be real. <laughs> and because everyone, and I do mean everyone, has difficult times in their lives. Challenges that just seem insurmountable. I mean, that's life, right? It ebbs and it flows. And even in the depth of my grieving, there were glimmers of light and laughter. And I'm still grieving, and I know it will take a long time to get through. And that is, you know, I'm I've accepted that, right? I mean, that's just life. And there are times when I feel lonely, and I think we all experience that from time to time in our lives, right? So I looked it up and I found out that in fact, last year, the Surgeon General issued an advisory calling loneliness a public health crisis, one that increases the risk of conditions like, listen to this, heart disease and dementia. And other studies have shown that the pandemic was the straw that broke the proverbial camel's back. And it seems the majority of us haven't really recovered. We're more isolated and disconnected than ever. So this week, I'm focusing on why loneliness is so bad for our health and why it's so pervasive today. And I'll also look at the antidote 
social connection in its many forms and how to foster it. All right. So how many of you, I was thinking about this the other day, how many of you think getting together with friends is, you know, or family members is like a miracle? (laughs) I mean, it's like not a small miracle. It requires you to get up from the couch (laughs) to overcome the allure of the internet or Netflix and to get out in the cold and dark night to search for human connection. Now, I play in two pickleball leagues. Both are after work. And there are times when I just want to stay home and curl up on the couch. You know, are you feeling me on that? And on those nights, I force myself to change my clothes and get in the car to go play. And I'm always glad that I did. I signed up for the exercise, but it's also fun and it's a connection with new people. And slowly but surely, I'm beginning to get to know some of the women I've met. And since I, you know, can kind of be a little impatient, I don't know if anybody can relate to that. Things aren't happening fast enough. I mean, I am a Taurus after all. (laughs) I catch my brain telling me it's taking too long or it's not working, right? It's not instantaneous, right? Like our society has trained us to expect. Well, I do know not to believe everything that I think. So in those times, I remind myself that real connection takes time. And that's what I'm looking for, truly, is real connection. So let's look at loneliness for just a little bit, right? Loneliness is a powerful feeling. It makes sense that it would impact our mental health, right? But why does it also impact our physical health to such a serious degree? Now, research shows that loneliness triggers a physiological stress response. The body releases cortisol, you know, that stress hormone. And in the short term, that can cause shortness of breath or a fast heart rate. I mean, you might feel tons of anxiety. You might even feel like you're having a panic attack. I mean, but over time, this response impacts the body's systems, including our cardiovascular and immune systems in damaging ways. I read a quote from a doctor at Mayo Clinic, and here's the quote. This just floors me. Lacking connection can increase the risk of premature death comparable to smoking 15 cigarettes daily, which is just astounding to me. That's the quote. I mean, a doctor at Mayo Clinic is gobsmacked at the impact loneliness has on our physical health. Now, getting back to the U.S. Surgeon General, stating that being alone was dangerous in early humans. And I never thought of that before. But Back in the day, right? Primitive times. It demanded a reaction, just like hunger or thirst. So over the centuries, this hypervigilance in response to isolation became embedded in our nervous system to produce the anxiety we associate with loneliness. Isn't that fascinating? So when we feel lonely, our bodies react as if we are, you know, back in the day. I mean, this is centuries, right? Back in the day, we're lost in the tundra, surrounded by wild animals and, you know, tribes we don't know. But if this feeling persists, as it so often does, you know, now in today's culture, this repeated stress response can lead to anxiety, depression, trouble sleeping, heart disease, and dementia. I mean, that's pretty scary stuff, right? So I think it's important to determine the difference between being lonely 
and being alone because so often those lines get blurred, but they are very different. So if you're an introvert, you know there are tons of positives to having time to yourself, right? You might be more productive or more focused or, you know, just really enjoy having time to yourself. Now, I'm an extrovert and I enjoy having time to myself. It gives me a chance to just touch base with myself and kind of check in. I don't have to be on. I don't have to entertain anyone. Not that I feel that I have to, but I'm an extrovert. So, you know, I feed off the energy of other people and it's kind of fun to just be with myself and be a little bit more relaxed. So it's certainly very possible to feel lonely in a crowded room as well. Have you ever felt that way? I mean, I know I have. So loneliness has to do with a person's perception, right? Now you're getting into my area. (laughs) If you're someone who likes being alone, being a homebody, and it doesn't cause you any stress, that's not loneliness, okay? Loneliness is that feeling of separation where it's causing distress. And the American Psychological Association defines loneliness as a perceived state of being alone that causes discomfort or uneasiness. And I think that is a big differentiator. That feeling is created by the thoughts about being alone, right? Because we have two people, they're both alone. One feels fine, one feels lonely. What's the difference? What they're thinking, right? I mean, The times that I've gone to a movie by myself, which I have to admit, isn't very often because I just don't even think about it. But when I do, it's so fun. And I don't know why this is because I'm self-employed. So I know my boss and I really like her. (laughs) But when I go to a movie by myself, I feel like I'm getting away with something. It's so hysterical. But that's because of what I'm thinking about it, right? I'm not going to a movie feeling alone, right? Or lonely. Um, So... There is good news here. I want to be clear about that because we all have the capacity to stop feeling lonely. And if you think about it, that can be a really good thing. Loneliness compels us to bond with other humans. And that bonding, whether it be a short chat with your neighbor or your Amazon driver (laughs) or a girl's weekend away, that bonding creates happy hormones the feel-good ones, the serotonin, right? The ones that make you feel good. And there's a documentary, I don't know if you've watched it yet, it's called Blue Zones, and I watched it on Netflix. It's all about living longer, healthier lives and where in the world that they do that beautifully. Well, one of the main elements of that kind of life is making connections with people. You know, it isn't just about food and exercise, right? It's about connection. And it's not just these onesie twosie connections either. It's making a commitment to connect regularly, like taking a walk with your neighbor or a friend every evening or meeting for coffee every week. I mean, I love that idea. And I found it can be really difficult to maintain because I'm here to tell you, we Americans, I don't know what this is like around the world, but if you listen from another country, will you share what your culture is like? Because in America, we're just also flipping busy. It is so difficult to get a coffee, lunch, walk date on the calendar for for me. And I know it isn't just me, but we are so busy with so committed to doing all of this. And I wonder, when are we going to put the commitment to our own mental health first on the list? 
I mean, that's one of the reasons I joined a pickleball league, right? It was kind of a forced commitment to see the same people every week and get to know them, right? So there's another part that I want to just touch on, okay? And it's age groups. And there are two age groups that experience the most loneliness. And I think the most obvious one would be the elderly, right? People over 75 or you know, whatever your term of elderly is and watch it because I'm in my 60s. <laughs> I'm not elderly yet. Some of these people are living in senior living facilities, you know, which is better, I guess, because, you know, they're not as isolated as if they live in their home. There's a lot of people that still live in their home and they're isolated. I have a neighbor across the street who lost his wife a couple of years ago and I he does not get out much at all. So that's pretty isolating. The other group, which is fascinating to me and scary to me and, and all the feelings, is people in their teens and 20s. And that's due in large part to social media. And don't even get me started on how that is just a shit show of irresponsibility by all the CEOs of these companies. But anyway, I digress. So what can be done to alleviate all this distress and loneliness? And here's what I'm going to tell you. It starts with you, my friend. To quote Gandhi, be the change you want to see in the world. And I hope that doesn't sound trite. But you need to take the baby steps necessary to build community and connection. That is it. If you want to be less lonely, you have to get out of your habits and patterns of thinking and behaving. So here is my invitation to you for this week, my friend. And pick one of these, pick all of them. There is no extra credit. Oh, however, I will adore you even more if you <laughs> challenge yourself. So think of somebody you haven't connected with in a while and reach out to them. Give them a call. Oh my God, the phone actually will ring. That is crazy. Because what we what do we do now? Everything is electronic. We barely call people anymore. Call them, text them, share a photo, share a song from high school that you were singing the other day and just make that connection or a book that you think that they would like, right? Or ask a friend or a family member to get coffee or go for a walk together this week. Do it this week. There's still time. Make a plan. Put it on your calendar. Do not stop until you have something on your calendar and then honor it. Go out and do it. I had a neighbor. It was so refreshing and lovely. I had a neighbor over the weekend, text me and say, hey, I reserved a pickleball court for one o'clock today. Are you available? I thought, oh, she's so smart. And I wasn't, but I said to her, hey, think of me again. I would love to go play. That's the kind of proactivity we need to do, right? The other one, hey, let's set up a recurring date. If you have somebody in your world that you want to get to know better, or that you adore, but you don't see as not as much as you would really like, set up a recurring date. You know, maybe it's every Sunday at two o'clock. You either have a phone call or you take a walk or, you know, go for coffee, whatever it is, but it's recurring. So I'm curious what you think. What do you think of this topic? Um, I'm hearing a lot of women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, definitely next phasing and feeling the challenges of that. So I'm curious what you're thinking. You know, do you have any other ideas on how to create some more connections in your world? And if they're working for you, awesome. I would love to hear. So drop me an email at hello at barbarachurchill.com. Okay. Give me all the deets, my friend. And I want to share with you that I'm in the process 
of creating a small and powerful group of women who are interested in figuring out their next phase while supporting other like-minded women. So if you are interested in getting the information on my brand new year-long program, email me, same thing, hello at barbarachurchill.com, and tell me that you're interested in learning more about that. I'm so excited about having deeper conversations and connections while helping women be courageous and step into who they really are and just own their badass self, okay? This month is all about loving ourselves through the good, the bad, and the ugly with grace. So that's what we're going to talk about, my friends. And until next time, please remember, I believe in you. Hey, if you love this episode and want to dive deeper into what's possible for you, I invite you to schedule a call with me where we can discuss what it takes to get out from under the weight of self-doubt and step into the real you unapologetically. It's simple. Just visit barbarachurchill.com to book your complimentary call now. Remember, subscribe and review this podcast because I really want to hear from you. I'll see you soon. Thank you.